Tori. Hello, Kelsey. And hello, everyone else that is joining us for this episode. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for being here. And if Why are you coming back? I don't... Honestly, I don't know why people come back. I don't know. I guess they like hearing us ramble on about stuff. But... They must have problems. Yeah, big time. I would like to do a little shout out to the states first that were... That are listening to us, I guess. I don't know if this is... The whole state. I don't know. I don't know if this is an error on your computer. But shout out to all the people in Pennsylvania, New York, Maryland, Wisconsin, Colorado, California, New Mexico, Arizona, Virginia, Minnesota, and last but not least, New Jersey. Emily, this is a shout out for you. You know who you are, girl. And then we have countries as well listening to us. Um, And I don't know what you did, our sole listener in Ireland, but you did it. You son of a bitch, you did it. We have Ireland, (laughs) France, the UK, and we have Canada, our northern neighbor, which I think my husband's up in Canada, just chopping down wood somewhere. I tell people that all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I have a a pull towards Canada. He doesn't know yet. No, he doesn't. I'm just going to roll up on him one day when he's chopping down wood. Like, hey, you want to get married? (laughs) He's going to... He'll be like, please put the bottle down. I don't know you. (laughs) (laughs) We have laws against open carrying here. (laughs) And I mean bottles of liquor. (laughs) But yes, big shout out to everyone there. Um, You know, I really thought that PA would be a big one. And maybe we would have a couple other states. But we've just been telling our friends. So anyone that we don't really know, like friends or family that we know, anyone who's listening to us, thank you. Um, we kind of force everyone that we know to listen, but you guys are doing it on your own. So thank you so much. I haven't sent out any death threats yet. No, me either. We might not have to this time. (laughs) For this scheme. (laughs) I'm not going back to jail. No, 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 no. But how was your week? I feel like the last time we saw each other was last Thursday. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It uh, it was good. Had a little mm-hmm. <laughs> coronavirus scare. Yeah, but I'm fine. <laughs> says my temperature. <laughs> it says the ER that turns you promptly right around. <laughs> They're like, ma'am, no, please just leave. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To be fair, you did tell me to go. Well, your temperature was at 107. And then, no, no, not a hundred, a hundred point seven. Dead. So sorry, I forgot the decimal point there. Very important piece of information. This is why you are not a nurse. Exactly. And texting Kirsten, the ER nurse, and she's like, "If it's over a hundred point four, send." I'm like, "Oh my god, it's over. Send her." And by the time I got there, it was uh, not a hundred point four. So no, it wasn't. It was low. Yep. Yeah, that's all right. You're, you're still kicking up. Drove right around, right back around yeah. <laughs> home. Yeah. Crisis averted. <laughs> How was your week? I mean, I'm doing the same things that I've been doing since yeah. I moved back to the apartment. Cleaning shit that doesn't need to be cleaned. I have so much clothing that I need to go through. And like, it's all like, I've found out that I have two sets of clothing. It's like pajamas and like yoga pants or like clubbing outfits. So I'm like, oh wow. I'm trying to figure my life out since there's no more clubbing <laughs> or bars. 
Mm -hmm. So I'm like, do I give all this away to Goodwill since who knows if bars will open again? Or do I just wear them in my apartment and just sit there <laughs> drinking with my cats? <laughs> so that's been my life. Just constantly walking into my room and being like, what the hell do I do with all these clothes? I could see you sitting there at like nine in the morning in a sequins gold shirt. <laughs> Crying. <laughs> with your cat sitting there. Drinking a glass of wine at nine Getting in the like morning. stuck in the sequins mm-hmm. as they walk by. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's been it pretty much. Huh. Yeah. Good. And I've started, I told you this upstairs, but I started a diet. Ugh. I refuse to acknowledge that. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, I, I'm, it's going to end by the end of this week. Let's be real. <laughs> I, I can't pay attention for long enough to keep a diet. <laughs> and I like pizza way too much. Oh, who doesn't? Oh, God. Don't yeah. trust people who don't eat pizza. My roommate had pizza last night, and he's like, do you want a piece? And it was gut-wrenching saying no. I was like, <gasps> no. What kind of pizza? Domino's, the black box. Have you ever had Domino's that comes in the black box? No. Oh, it'll change your world. It's wow. the best kind. It's like my favorite kind. I think it's called handmade pan. Yeah, because there's the hand toss pan and the handmade pan. <laughs> get it right. The fact that you live in Scranton and choose to get Domino's <laughs> makes me very angry. It's the cheaper of the options. <laughs> I may live in Scranton, but I'm also poor. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of poor, I need to make a correction <laughs> from last from last week's episode. It's once again time for Kelsey's weekly corrections. Um, so I said that the Titanic first class in today's money, the Titanic first class uh, ticket is upwards of a million dollars, and it's a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> between eight thousand or eighty thousand and a hundred thousand dollars. So that was wrong. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. That explains, though, I seem to add an extra zero onto things. And that explains, I was just thinking about this, that explains why I buy so much shit. Because I think my bank account has an extra zero (laughs) tent on the end. (laughs) You must. You must. That's got to be Some very specific type of dyslexia where you add a zero to bank account numbers or money numbers. I need to be medicated because it's really not good. Yeah. (laughs) I spent way too much money, especially with this uh, quarantine. Oh, my God. I left my sister's house with eight new pairs of shoes. Huh. <laughs> you don't even have that many feet. Who needs eight new pairs of shoes in a quarantine? A I w- spider. And I wear my... <laughs> That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I wear my sandals every single day. That's it. Sometimes just... you don't even wear shoes. You just walk That's around true. with your calloused feet. I have left my car in your driveway and just walked through your house, just into your home barefoot. Left mm-hmm. the shoes in the car. Don't even care. You have like rocks sticking out of your foot. <laughs> Feels good. Can't feel them. It's exfoliating. <laughs> it's like a massage. <laughs> and then another mistake that I made um, with the Mandela effect that I was talking about is... I said that the quote, um, if you build it, he will come, was from Angels in the Outfield, and it is not. Thank you to Tori's mom, who picked this out. Um, it's Field of Dreams, so, sorry. <laughs> baseball movie. Yeah, it's, honestly, baseball cares? movies about angels. All the same thing. All the same. <laughs> the fact that someone made two movies about that is ridiculous right? anyway. Yeah. What a specific thing to make a movie about. I only have one correction. Go ahead. Uh, that I noticed 
as soon as I said it, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, I said that someone or something floated to the bottom of the ocean, yeah. and that is not possible, as we know. Yeah, physics does not exist in the ocean, apparently. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> and I don't care. <laughs> I will not and say I'm sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> All right, now that we got that off of our chests. <laughs> What are we chatting about today? I'm so excited because you, you like, left me unread. Hanging. I should say, yeah, yeah. Because um, I asked if anyone passed away in this story, and you're like, I don't know. Oh, I sh-. don't know. Oh, okay. You no. actually don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know until I finished it. All right. Well, what are we chatting about? Well, we already did some UFOs, mm-hmm. some ghosties. Mm-hmm. Some stalkers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went into a weird true crime okay. type area. Okay. okay. I'm going to tell you a story out of Milwaukee. <gasps> Milwaukee. <laughs> In Wisconsin. Oh, my God. I'm from Milwaukee. <laughs> is, that the, is that the line yeah, from Bridesmaids? I think, I think so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just did not do justice. All that. we know is it was in Bridesmaids and they have cheese. Okay. Those true. are the two things I know. True. Uh, the story of Terry Jendusa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've definitely never heard of this. No, I don't think you have. Okay. All right. So. Buckle in. <laughs> All right. I only had one <laughs> source for this. Okay. <laughs> I watched ABC's 2020. In an instant. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I watched the whole thing. An hour and a half. They did all the research for you then. They did. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. Nice. <laughs> all right. So, Terry Jendusa grew up in a suburb of Milwaukee mm-hmm. in Wisconsin. Just a side note. Uh-huh. I'm so sorry for interrupting you, but I got to get Immediately. it Immediately. Go it's, ahead. It's, it's the thought <laughs> of my head in the uh-huh. AD. I went to Kohler, Wisconsin one time. <laughs> It's it's where, like, the factory for Kohler sinks and stuff is. Oh, okay. That town is creepily perfect. It's, like, strange. So strange. I went there with my cousin and two of her friends. We did a road trip. And, like, we were just walking on the street, and these two ladies were like, Oh, these aren't Kohler girls. I'm like, what? How do you know? Like... I could have just moved in. It is so perfect. I'm pretty sure there's zero crime in that neighborhood. Hmm. But anyways, if anyone wants to go to Kohler, Wisconsin, it is a beautiful town, but it's like creepy. I didn't realize that was based off of a... Creepy Or perfect. like that name was a town. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, Interesting. Yep. Yeah. So, sorry. Was, so, perfect Wisconsin. That's my energy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Continue. All right, so Terry. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so I... I, I cut that out. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> you ever like do that where you do, you take it way too far? It could have just been like a. All right. So out of high school and college, she wanted to settle down and have a family pretty quickly. That's just what she wanted. Mm-hmm. She wasn't dating anyone at the time, but she originally met her husband, soon to be husband. David mm-hmm. Larson is his last name in college. She, um, they were friends and he was 
an uh, air traffic controller. It's okay. like he worked at an airport. Mm-hmm. Pretty high-stress job, right? Mm-hmm. But I think they make good money. He was a nice guy. He was active in the church. He had a nice house. He seemed to want the same things that she did. And okay. They dated for a while, and uh, he said he wanted a family, too. Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> they had what their friends and Terry described as a loving and happy relationship. All right. Nothing weird yeah. so far. Okay. Other than them wanting a family yeah, that's, to settle down. Yeah, that's... Uh, no, no. No, no, that's no, no, no. my cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, it's 1996. They wind up getting married in April. That's what they did in 1996. Yes, they did. Everyone. Everyone. <laughs> Every single person on this planet was married in 1996. That was the marrying year. I'm pretty sure I read that somewhere. <laughs> Knowing you, it was probably 1982. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so they they go on their honeymoon. They take a nice trip to Hawaii. Yeah, everything's going good. They're having a nice time. Up until one of the last days that they're there, they wind up getting into a little argument about what Terry is wearing. Like... Depends, right, like, what if she was wearing bubble wrap or something? You'd be like, Terry, no, change. You look like a fool. Yeah. Although I've been guilty of telling people that what they're wearing is not, I don't, <laughs> I don't like it, so change. Great. But not like, you know, like, if they're revealing too much skin, it's just like, that's an ugly shirt, change it. <laughs> Anyways, I'm a little hard to get along <laughs> sometimes. Oh, boy. Well, here we go. David wants her to wear something else. She wants to wear what she's wearing. They start arguing about it. She thinks it's just like a little fight. He gets real nasty. Starts screaming at her and quoting the Bible. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Literally. And like won't let her leave the room until she changes. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing that she was wearing something revealing. Or Maybe. in his opinion, it was probably revealing. It didn't really say, but... Which makes me so regardless. angry. So angry when men... And other women sometimes, like, shame women for wearing... Anyways, that's another episode. (laughs) (laughs) So that's, like, a weird turning point for Terry. She's just got married a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. She's really confused. This guy has never done that before. Mm -hmm. And she also feels really guilty because she just got married and, like, she already wants a divorce. Wait, how long did they... Did it say how long they dated before they got married? No. But it was a while. Like, it was it was like a normal amount of time. Oh, I was going to say that sounds like a quick a quick dating to marriage because usually when that happens, like, they don't have I would say time. normal in that time period. Oh, crap. <laughs> I don't know. Because, like, usually when the big fights happen is when you date for not long enough and get married. And then you just hate each other. <laughs> you realize <laughs> that you get to know each other and you hate each other. But. All right. So that happens. Mm-hmm. And, like, while she's in Hawaii... She feels like she wants to just leave, but she can't because all the plane tickets, all the credit cards, like everything is in his name. Mm -hmm. So she couldn't even fly home if she wanted to. So she stays, tries to make it work. Fast forward three years later. They have two daughters during that time. Mm Mm-hmm somehow guess that fight really didn't mean anything <laughs> <laughs> well she does say like during that time it was you know like she's walking on eggshells whatever she just kind of doesn't want to fight <sighs> when her youngest daughter is a few months old she finally decides she's gonna leave him mm-hmm. she's gonna get a divorce david becomes a completely different person 
when that happens, when she decides that she's going to leave, like, even worse than the shitty scum sucker <laughs> he was before. <laughs> he is totally enraged at oh. the fact that she's leaving him. He fights the divorce every single chance he gets. The custody battles, he just, every chance that he can get to fight with her about it, he does. I hate this guy. I hate him <laughs> yeah. so much. Yes, you do. So, all right, she leaves. She goes to, like, a shelter for a while, and mm-hmm. she's doing her thing. She joins a professional choir. Hmm, how nice. Uh-huh, where she meets her new husband. Oh, jeez, she moves on quick. Nick. So are they, is the divorce finalized when she met? It's either, like, in the process or finalized. It was, a, it was a long process because he kept fighting yeah. it every step of the way. But... So she met her new husband in a professional choir. So he's got to be like a nice guy, yeah. right? <laughs> Some crazy. No, I'm not going to say it. Never mind. <laughs> no, but. Sometimes if people get too heavy in the book, they get a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. All right. So they get married in 2003. So this is a while after all this stuff went down with David. Okay. And um, he really is, like, the total opposite of David. He's nice. He's normal. He's, like, a positive role model for the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, in January 2004, they take a pregnancy test <gasps> and it's positive. Oh, bless e- them. Yes, good for them. I mean, they don't believe in birth control, I'm sure. So what else is going to happen? <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were, like, really excited. And uh, they decide they're going to tell the kids the next day. So this day in particular, Terry has to pick up the kids from David's house because they're at his house. They have a custody agreement, whatever. She goes to pick them up. She never goes into his house, but Mm -hmm. she picks them up in the driveway. He's still giving her a lot of pushback, even now. And uh, actually two weeks before this, she went to pick up the kids with her new husband, Nick. Oh, boy. And David flipped his lid. Did David, like, not know? I think he knew, but the fact that he was there made him lose his mind. He's Mm. screaming in the front yard, in front of everyone, in front of the kids, in front of the neighbors, yelling for Nick to get off his property, basically, (laughs) and not to come back. Mm. So this time, they want it to be a good day, because they're going to tell the kids that they're pregnant. She just wants to go alone and get the kids... Uh, Just to kind of try and get in and out of there quickly. Because they're actually going to be meeting up for a birthday party in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. And she's going to grab the kids and meet Nick there. All right. So, Terry goes to pick up the kids. And it's super cold that day. Which isn't totally unusual. It's January and it's Wisconsin. So, it gets, like, ridiculously cold there. Yeah. She parks in his driveway. Gets out of the car and knocks on the door. Still normal. David opens the door, says, they aren't ready. Slams the door in her face. She's like, okay. He has tried to stall before to try to just get a little bit more time with them. Mm -hmm. So she's frustrated, but it's cold. She wants to get the kids without a fight. So she goes back to the car and sits in the heat for like another five, ten minutes. Mm -hmm. And he still doesn't come out with the kids. So she's like, okay, we have to go. This is getting ridiculous. She goes back to the door, knocks on it. This time, David opens the door and says, the girls want to play a game. 
where Terry has to come in and find them before they'll come out. She felt like something wasn't right. Because in the past five years Trust since she your left, instincts, girl, your intuition <laughs> is always right. <laughs> For real, he hasn't let her in the house in the past five years mm-hmm. at all. She just gets him at the door and goes. So she was like, kind of weird. I don't know, but his demeanor, like he was just, it seemed like he was annoyed too. He's like, all right, just come in and find them so mm-hmm. that they'll go. Mm-hmm. She's in a rush. She wants to get the kids. So she goes in, starts playing the game. She's like pretending to look around, you know, asking them where they are. Mm-hmm. She's walking in front of David at this point. She turns a corner to go down a hallway. So she's like in between the living room and the dining room. And all of a sudden, everything goes dark. She's unconscious. All right. So I'm going to go back to Nick's perspective here, her new husband. Okay. He's waiting for Terry to get back, and it's been about a half hour. David's house is only five minutes away from theirs, so he's trying to think, like, how long this should take her realistically, and he's starting to get a little worried, but he thinks, okay, maybe he didn't have the girls ready. He's stalling, whatever, but he is starting to worry. So that's happening while whatever is happening to Terry. She wakes up. She's on the floor. And the first thing she sees is David holding a Louisville slugger. Oh, dear. Are you sweating? (laughs) I'm uncomfortable. Like, rage is building inside of me. (laughs) This guy needs to get hit. (laughs) He does. He tells her not to make any noises because he doesn't want the girls to hear anything. They are currently locked in a bedroom playing while he is... About to murder their mother? Yeah. Oh, dear. So, he tells her she's not taking the kids, and he's not going to jail. And he keeps hitting her with the bat. Oh, he's hitting her? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Wow. And this goes on for a while. And, like, the whole time, he's talking kind of to her, but not really. He's telling her to stop breathing. Oh, my God. I've, I've never... I always think if I was in that kind of situation, how would I react? And it's so hard to tell because I've never been in that situation. Like, she was hit over the head with a baseball bat. Like, how conscious was she actually? Like, how strong was she actually? Like, if I was there, like, I'm 5'10", I'm a big person, so I would... I wouldn't lose my mind. I probably have rage strength that could, like, (laughs) bring down a wall. But, like, I don't know. But once you get hit in the head, like, it's a whole different story. Yeah, you're so just out of it and, like, Mm -hmm. still trying to figure out what the hell just happened. Right. Oh, my gosh. She doesn't even, you know, until she sees the bat, she doesn't really even know what happened. She's just, like, all of a sudden everything was dark. All right, so she can't really move at this point. Uh... You know, I don't know if she wants to, if she's trying to like play dead a little bit, but he gets duct tape and starts wrapping it at the top of her head, kind of like a mummy, Mm -hmm. like around and just keeps like going down. (laughs) So she was still getting some air through the tape, but she can't see anything that's going on. Yeah. Next thing she knows, she can tell that she's being put into some sort of container head first. And she realizes it's, it's like a big Rubbermaid trash can. With, like, the wheels on the bottom Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that has the lid. You know what I'm talking Mm -hmm. about. 
She must be a tiny. Uh, well, you looking at just... the video, she really didn't look that tiny. Oh, I don't know. You can never I think it was tell. just a really big trash can. Yeah. You can, but, you can never or like a normal size trash can. You can never tell on the on the TV, though, because I always like look up how tall all of these hot actors are. And they're like all shorter than me. And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, all the people that are like they're just acting with them than are you would so think. short. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're all very... Everyone in Hollywood is shorter than me. I've come to the conclusion. Yeah. You should go there just because you right? probably get their attention. It's probably like going over to like China or Japan. I would be like a tree walking through <laughs> there. <laughs> but anyway. You'd be famous. I would. Proceed. Okay. So she can still sense what's going on. She knows that the, the trash can is on its side. So she's like kind of laying on the ground mm. in a way. And he drags it out into the yard. And it seems like he's dragging it around in small circles. Just like, she just feels like she's going in a circle. Hmm. She doesn't really know why. And it starts getting really, really cold. She realizes he's filling it with snow by dragging it in a circle like that. Oh, no. Yeah. And once it's filled, he somehow manages to pick it up and get it into the truck and cover it with a tarp. So it's like still on its side, but it's yeah. packed with snow. Mm-hmm. She's in there somewhere, mm-hmm. head first. She's head first? Yeah. Oh dear. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. So mm-hmm. she's upside down while all this is happening? Yeah. Oh. Although I think it's like tipped on its side for some of it. So she, I mean, she still can't yeah. get out. But still definitely not comfortable. Probably not, no. <laughs> kind of like in a fetal position is what she said. Okay. He probably thinks that she's dead at this point, but she's not. She is somehow still slightly conscious. I mean, a mother, and what's that saying? It's like a wrath have no fear of like a a scorned mother or something. Something like that. Mama bears, basically. (laughs) (laughs) They don't go out without a fight. (laughs) She remembers that she has... A cell phone in her jacket pocket. Mm-hmm. Even though her hands are taped, she manages to get the phone out. And uh, it's like one of those old school cell phones that has like the raised buttons. Mm-hmm. So she can hear in, in the meantime, she can hear him get into the truck and start it. And she thinks they might be moving. She's not sure, though. But she dials 911, even though she can't see anything just because the numbers were raised, she was able to somehow do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, She can't reach her arms up enough to move the duct tape either. So she's, when she gets connected, she's just trying to like yell his address into the phone through the duct tape. Mm -hmm. She's doing her best, but like if you listen to it, it would have been hard for the person on the other end of that to figure out what she was saying. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, she can hear the dispatcher say the correct address that she's saying, and then it's silent. She thinks she blacks out. So a few minutes later, she comes back to, she hears sirens and squad cars, but she can tell that they went right past them. Oh, oh God. Yeah. Unfortunately, David is already driving away from the house. She's not really sure where they are, but she knows that they went right past them. Mm Mm-hmm. And right now she thinks she's probably never going to be found. 
Alright, so let's talk about these police cars that went by. They do go to David Larson's house, because mm -hmm. that's the address she gave. Mm -hmm. And they find that the door is locked and no one's there. All they knew is that someone called and gave that address. But <clears throat> at some point, the dispatcher did ask if she was having trouble breathing. And, I th and she managed to get out, like, an uh-huh mm -hmm. or a yes or something. So they're, like, they're considering leaving, but they're like, okay, maybe this person just can't get to the door. So they kick the door down. Still can't find anyone. They talk to the neighbors, and they explain that they saw Terry come to get the kids, and then later they saw David towing Terry's car behind his truck when he was leaving. Oh. Yep. Okay. And then one of the investigators notices a huge blood stain in the dining room. I was actually going to ask because they didn't, they were like, well, nothing here. Let's ask the neighbors. <laughs> but it's like, she was just beaten with a baseball bat. How is yes. there no blood? So they do see that. Thank God. They also see some leftover duct tape and uh, a garbage can that's like to the side where Terry's shoes and her, one of her pant legs is like in there. Pant? It must have, I think it like fell off while he, she was fighting. They don't really know. Yeah, but how did one pant like I don't know. Separate? Or maybe it was all of her pants. I don't know. Oh, okay. That makes <laughs> sense. All right. So at this point, they're thinking the kids aren't there either, by the way. So they're, they might have a triple homicide on their hands so considering the blood. So was he lying when he said that the girls were upstairs? Nope. Oh, okay. He, he just took them as well. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. So they know that they need to find her and the kids and him, but they have no idea where to start looking. Mm. All right, so back to Nick, her new husband. He gets a call from a friend who lives down the street from David, and he tells him that the police are, like, swarming his house. Nick has a horrible feeling right after he hears that. He gets off the phone with his friend because he's about to go there, and he gets another call, and it's from Terry. How the heck did Terry dial his number? She managed to call him. I guess that must have been back when people, like, remembered yeah. people's phone numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I could call my house phone, my mom, my dad, and my sister, and that's it. Yeah. And my neighbor from, like, childhood, I and could, that is literally I could call it. myself. <laughs> myself. I know sometimes. my number. <laughs> I just text myself sometimes. Yeah, just lonely. to get a text. <laughs> So she somehow managed to call him from the back of the truck after she called 911. And she can't talk really well. Remember, she's been hit with a bat many times. Mm -hmm. all, all that he can hear is that she's trying to say that she's under a tarp and David is trying to kill her. Mm. Nick tells her she needs to hang up and call 911 again. She's not sure if she can because it took so much any energy for her just to dial the phone mm -hmm. for the first time. But... She manages. This part makes me very angry. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm probably going to get so angry. Yes. Okay. So she calls 911 again. And if you listen to it, she's being definitely more clear than she was the first time. It's still not great. Yeah. Not easy to understand, but it's doable. I feel like I could understand what she was saying. The dispatcher sounds annoyed the whole time. She's like... That's one thing. I don't know if that's a, a training that dispatchers go through, but they just sound like they're annoyed when people call them. Like, yeah. this person is dying. 
they are calling you. You might be the last person this person speaks to. Could you sound a little bit better? Like a little <laughs> bit more like sympathetic, please? A little Nothing. more caring? It made me so angry listening to it. I think it sounds like the dispatcher thought it was a prank call. Mm. But, okay, so Terry says to the dispatcher, her husband's trying to kill her. She's in the back of a Dodge 4x4 and she's under a tarp. She states David's full name and her full name. Mm-hmm. And the dispatcher, she keeps asking her, I can't understand you. What's your name? What's your name? She keeps making her repeat it. And then she says, where are you? Terry says, I don't know. Dispatcher says, why can't you lift the tarp to see where you are? See, that's the thing. And Although it's like, is that training that they go through where they need to get every piece of little information? And yeah. Like, they do. Oh, anyways, proceed. Terry manages to say masking tape to try to tell her that her hands are like, you know, taped mm-hmm. together. And the dispatcher says, if your hands are taped, then how are you using a phone? Oh, my God. Yeah. Was that like, I hope that they went into that dispatcher and how she handled or he handled that situation. I don't know. Oh, my God. Yeah, the, I, yeah, I know. <laughs> so she starts blacking out again unfortunately she starts breathing heavily because that's just kind of what happens and she remembers the dispatcher saying are you going to talk to me or are you just going to breathe and then she blacks out see it's like both ways we're like maybe they do get a lot of prank calls yeah maybe and they really have to weed out the prank calls from like an actual emergency but Mm -hmm. my god come on (laughs) yeah it's not good you could usually tell when someone's terrified in their voice (laughs) And I'm yeah. sure she sounded like she was scared. Yeah. I mean, mm, it made me very angry. Mm. She blacks out a couple more times, but she remembers David would occasionally come to check on her. And at one point her phone rang while he was checking on her and he took her phone. Mm. So now she doesn't have her cell phone. And she blacks out again. Jeez Louise. Next thing she remembers is the trash can being dragged out of the truck she can faintly hear her daughters playing around in the background and she also hears the sounds of crates and boxes like heavy stuff being moved around but she doesn't make any noise she doesn't say anything because she wants him to think that she's dead Mm -hmm. she can hear that he's piling things on top of the trash can and then she can possibly hear the sound of duct tape again but then she hears what sounds like a big garage door closing and then silence. She starts yelling, but nothing happens. It's totally silent and oh. no one is there to help her. I wonder how packed in that snow was that like she couldn't move because snow is freaking heavy, especially yeah. if it's packed in. Yeah. That she couldn't like kick her way, you know, out of it unless he taped it closed too. What she doesn't know is she is in the middle of a storage unit. In the middle of nowhere uh, in Illinois. Illinois? Yeah. Wow, we did some traveling. Not even in Wisconsin anymore. Okay. All right, so meanwhile, the cops are looking frantically around Milwaukee when they get a call from another police department in Illinois. They just found David Larson in his pickup truck. He pulled into the parking lot of the airport that he worked at. Terry's not in the truck, obviously. Oh, is he about to, like, ditch town? Oh, no. Yeah, they Maybe. Yeah. 
but the girls aren't in the truck either. Yeah. I don't like kids, but that makes me angry. <laughs> that makes me But worried. I don't want nothing to happen to them. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, they bring him in for questioning, like, immediately. He tells the officer that the girls are at his girlfriend's house, and she's babysitting. And uh, he's supposed to be at work, so that's why he was at the airport. Mm-hmm. So he was just going to work. Mm. He said that... Um, I'm sure you were. Yeah. <laughs> you were about to get a flight to Mexico, weren't yeah. you? <laughs> he said he hadn't seen Terry at all that day, that she never came to pick up the kids. So he dropped them off at his girlfriend's, and he was going to go to work, and that was it. Uh, thankfully, the, te- the detectives did find the daughters at this woman's house. Oof. Thank God. But they still have no idea where Terry is. Then the detective notices that David has blood on his pants. Mm. He asks him about it. Sloppy. He doesn't say anything. He also mentions that there was a huge blood stain in David's house. That's when he starts to crack a little bit. <laughs> just, I'm just <laughs> curious. Like, there is, like, a large puddle of blood in your house. Do you, do you know anything about do that? Do you remember that at all? Just, just throwing it out there. It's, it's been there. <laughs> Came with the house, I actually. paint. <laughs> Red paint. Yeah. He says he doesn't remember what happened, but he knows that Terry tried to attack him, and he remembers defending himself with a bat. Ugh. He continues saying he can't remember what happened after that for four hours into the interview. They just keep asking him, and all he can say is, I grabbed masking tape. I don't know what happened. And then he says he wants to take a nap. <laughs> Not, I want a lawyer. I want to take a nap. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> all right. No, that is weird, isn't it? Mm-hmm. He, did, he wasn't like, oh, all right, I'm done. He was just like, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. Let's start up I some other time. I would be too if I just beat someone almost to death. My God. Yeah. All right, so now it's like 4 a.m. They bring him back in and he is still playing dumb. Mm. They tell him that Terry called 911. And told them like, what he did. Like the blood on your on your floor. Um, yeah, we had Terry call 911. Do you know anything about that? <laughs> and he's just like, I don't remember. Oh, my God. Even though he could remember what he had for breakfast and everything after that. It's just very convenient that he forgot that mm-hmm. little part in the middle there. Mm-hmm. So while this guy's investigating him, obviously he's trying to buy time. Like, I think he's just trying to spend enough time with the investigator that he thinks that she'll die in the meantime if she's not already dead. Or they'll just let him go because he's not giving any information. Right. So one of the other officers is going through his wallet and he notices a business card for a storage unit in Illinois. He's like, that's weird. Why would a guy from Milwaukee have a storage unit there? So he calls there and he asks the attendant if there's a unit under David's name. And there is. He asked the attendant to go check outside the unit, I think because I can't go in, mm-hmm. and see if he hears or sees anything weird. So the attendant goes, and he doesn't hear anything, doesn't see anything, and like as he's walking away, he hears like a faint, could be someone in there, possibly. Oh just like a just little noise. Wow. Could you imagine? Just like the timing was mm-hmm. so perfect. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and I don't think he even, like, knocked or anything. He kind of just, like, put his ear up to it. If he was, like, a minute earlier or a minute later. Mm -hmm. Oh, my word. So, while that's happening, Terry is still trying to get 
out of there. In between, she's like blacking out constantly mm-hmm. and just coming back and blacking out. So, yeah, if he happened to go there while she was blacked out, probably wouldn't have heard anything. I wonder why she kept blacking out. I mean, probably because she yeah, had a she massive head injury. A massive head injury. Is that something that happens when people have huge head? They like black out constantly? Losing consciousness? Probably. Yeah. Well, plus everything else. Like she's upside packed down. in snow, yeah. upside down. Yeah. Wow. And um, I mean, he didn't just hit her in the head either. She was like beat up. Yeah. So she's scratching the sides of the can. She's trying to use any strength she has to push the lid open, but she can tell that he duct tape it shut. So and I put figured. a bunch of heavy stuff on top of it. Yeah. And in the in the special that I watched, she says that she just kept thinking about her daughters and how she just had to stay alive for them. That's the mother instinct coming in. The mama bear. Mm-hmm. What's that, what's that quote? <laughs> I literally have no idea. <laughs> That'll be on next week's episode with Kelsey's Corrections. <laughs> <laughs> so she's thinking she's got to stay alive for the kids, but she can, like, feel herself dying Mm -hmm. she thinks she just like closes her eyes and just kind of lets it go yeah and that's when she hears the police break into the unit oh my goodness they found her barely alive and they honestly didn't know like if she was gonna make it or if she was even still alive her feet they thought she was wearing black socks oh no oh my god yeah was that like turns out that was like her feet was it frostbite or just because she was... Frostbite, oh yeah. Oh, my God. And, um, yeah, she was unconscious at that point. So that afternoon, her new husband, Nick, gets the phone call he's been waiting for, mm-hmm. that they found Terry. She's in the hospital, and she's alive. Mm, so rare to find people alive. Wow. Yeah. Especially after, like, that amount of time, too. Yeah. And that storage unit that she was in... It wasn't like a temperature regulated unit. Okay. Like, so she, the temperature that it was outside, it was pretty much in there too. Yeah. Plus, she's in snow. Mm-hmm. Not good. So, Very chilly. What's the time span of this? Do you know offhand? Or is that, that's okay. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I know it. it was at least like a day. Okay. Like, probably 24 hours. Okay. Yeah. Because, like, that's, I always think about that when I'm watching, like, murder mystery things and true crime things Mm -hmm. is that these people get caught so fast. Some people get caught hours after they do the crime and it's just amazing how fast police work. Yeah. Maybe that's because of their crabby... (laughs) What are the phone call operators? Dispatchers? Dispatchers. There we go. Yeah. Maybe it's because of their dispatchers that, you know, I just was shitting on so hard, but maybe <laughs> they actually helped a lot. I don't know. But it's like they traveled, this particular case, they traveled to a different state and they still found them within hours. Okay. Yeah. So, like, that's amazing. So there there was, like, some pretty bad luck in there, but also some pretty good luck. Like, that guy finding that business card, if yeah. he didn't do that, everything they probably wouldn't have found up. her on time. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's not good. Um, so she's alive. She had a pretty extensive recovery. Um, She did lose the baby that she was carrying, fortunately. But other than that, like, physically, she was pretty much back to normal within some time. David said he had no memory of what happened. Amnesia. Oh, my. Yep. 
but yeah. <laughs> he needs to be beaten up. I hope when he's in jail, he got beaten up so bad. Yeah, nobody got fooled by uh, him saying that he had ha- he had amnesia. Mm-hmm. He got sentenced to life in prison without parole. And actually, in 2010, he tried to escape. <laughs> and he got caught. And now he's in, like, oh, a max, max, max. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember. Somehow I'm out here. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> now he's in like max, max, max prison. Good. Yeah. Because he is unhinged. Very unhinged. Ugh. Today, Terry is still married to Nick, her new husband, her new Good. choir husband. I was shitting on Nick at first because he was in the choir, but I like Nick. Yeah. He turned could out stay. He was okay. Yeah. He's, he's cool. He could stay. They're a nice, happy family with their two daughters, and now they have a son, too. They're all just one big, happy Happy. family. Oh, good for them. I want to show you a picture of David Larson. Does he look like a psychopath? I don't Uh, know if this is something that everyone has, but, like, when I look at people's eyes, like, you could tell that they're not good people. Like, there's just no soul in their eyes, like, no twinkle. Yeah. And I have a feeling that he's going to have those kind of eyes. I lost the picture of him, so. Okay. This is David Larson. Oh, come on. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's creepy looking. Ew. And I hate to say it, but usually these soulless eyes that I see are blue eyes, which I'm hating on myself because I have blue eyes. But <laughs> maybe it's just <laughs> I could see the pupils, like, enough that I could tell that they're soulless. I don't know. I have no idea what I'm talking about. That must be it. <laughs> <laughs> the eyes are the window to the soul. That was a good story because the ending was was good. It was definitely in favor of Terry. The poor thing. Now, did she have to get, like, her feet amputated? Or, like, anything from the frostbite? Uh, so the one article that I looked at said that she like lost her toes or something that makes sense but then in the 2020 thing she said that like she made a blanket statement that said everything came back to like how it was so i don't know if that including her toes yeah maybe (laughs) or Or maybe they already i don't know (laughs) yeah i'm not really sure (laughs) if she did it was only her toes i think yeah i forgot i have to shout out stacy and someone else. I can't remember his name. Oh, it's, no. it's her friend, though. Oh, gosh. Wait, where are these people from? I, I used to work with Stacy. <laughs> I used to work with Stacy. Okay. Well, big shout out to Stacy. Oh, her friend Joe. And Joe. Hi, Stacy and Joe. Thank you for listening. And uh, thank you, everybody else, yes. also. Thank you once again for listening. Not as much as Stacy and Joe, but thanks a little bit. And our guy in Ireland who's still making it, who's still trying to get all of Europe to listen. <laughs> but uh, thanks again for coming. Thanks for listening to us ramble. Um, you know, like, subscribe. I don't know what you do with podcasts. You, you, you're more. Do the stuff. Do the stuff. You know. You, you guys have, know. You don't have to. Just, you know, we love that you guys are listening to us, and that's all that matters to us, really. And we'll see you next week. Well, you'll hear us next week. We won't see you. Bye.